Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about the danger of predicting the future, that we might be on the edge of a cliff that few people can truly see coming. It's only a few weeks ago that economists were predicting continued economic growth into the fourth quarter. Kids are returning to school, life is getting back to normal, and the economy should generate about 750,000 jobs in the month of August. But when the real numbers were tallied, the number of jobs created was a third of the expected gain. Jobs from the Labor Department released Wednesday of this week showed there were 10.9 million unfilled jobs at the end of July, when the Delta variant surge started, exceeding the 8.7 million people who are still unemployed and seeking work in July. There are major economic disruptions due to labor shortages. There are shortages of school teachers, bus drivers, restaurant staff, cleaning staff, construction workers. I see help wanted signs and online advertisements everywhere. We happen to be at a point in time where we're about to face the largest benefits cliff in U.S. history. The U.S. federal emergency pandemic benefits expired to about 7.5 million Americans on Labor Day weekend, and a further 2.5 million people were receiving an extra $300 per week as a supplement to state-level unemployment benefits. That, too, came to an end on Labor Day weekend. In Canada, the current ruling Liberal Party announced a new federal election at the same time as they announced another cash handout to extend until after the federal election on September 20th. But that, too, will come to an end. This is a stark cutoff to a flow of funds that injected about $268 billion into the economy last year, and it's going to be a wake-up call to a lot of people. The end of these programs also coincides with the termination of the moratorium on evictions and foreclosures. There's an estimated 1.5 million homes that are in serious delinquent category. Those properties are the ones where the owner is more than 90 days late with their mortgage payments. Now, some borrowers during the height of the pandemic did not apply to their lender for loan forbearance quickly enough. In order to qualify for forbearance, a loan has to be in good standing. And if the borrower was already in financial distress and late with payments, they could not apply for forbearance. Now, early on in the pandemic, it was estimated about 4.5 million homes could be at risk due to the pandemic. But more than 18 months later into this global crisis, we can see the size of the problem is much smaller than it was projected to be in the summer of 2020. Unlike the financial crisis that started in 2008, if a borrower is in financial trouble today, a very simple solution often is to sell their house, pay off the loan, and take the profit, maybe wait to buy another house, until they have a stronger income security. Most markets have risen enough that even a distressed sale today is likely to be a profitable sale. Banks are encouraging delinquent borrowers to sell their home rather than face a foreclosure and avoid a seven-year credit blemish, essentially the equivalent of a bankruptcy on their record. So the likelihood that we're going to see a mountain of distressed sales like we did in 2009 and beyond seems pretty low at this point. There's so much residual equity in these properties that we're unlikely to see a flood of short sales and foreclosures. And for those properties that do go to foreclosure, there are large pools of institutional money waiting on the sidelines to purchase portfolios of single-family homes. I know you keep hearing it, but there really is too much money in the system chasing real estate right now. So we're unlikely to see a massive wave of foreclosures. But if 10 million people are having their unemployment benefits terminated, what will be the impact on either evictions or foreclosures? The big question is whether all those people who are out of a job will start looking to fill those 10 million open positions. Some states already terminated unemployment benefits a few months ago amidst labor shortages. The question is, will those people who are out of work, who are losing their unemployment benefits, also lose the roof over their heads in the eviction process? 
Some critics of the pandemic relief programs have said that government is simply creating the financial incentive for people to stay at home and not work. When the unemployment benefits, in some cases greater than what people were earning in the workforce, it's little wonder they chose to stay at home. Exactly how this play out is a little unclear. But it is clear the Federal Reserve has been sounding the alarm that they plan to start tapering their bond buying program. Free, easy money that's been flowing into Wall Street like Niagara Falls is going to come to a close. Strikingly, only a small proportion of the fiscal stimulus during the pandemic actually made it into Main Street. The appetite among lawmakers for more stimulus programs is clearly waning. and There's a good chance that inflation will be above 5% this year. Some analysts have predicted as much as 9%, all of it due to this copious amount of money printing. Many analysts have been sounding the alarm for over a year that the stock market and the bond market are in bubble territory. If market sentiment were to change and we were to see a 20 or 30% drop in stock prices, the impact of such a pullback would definitely shudder through the entire economy. This economic recovery has been fragile. A resurgence of cases due to the Delta variant has shown us that. It won't take too many hits to the economy to see asset prices pull back. As you think about that, make sure your portfolio takes all of these risks into account. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.